<laughs> you gonna say anything? <laughs> I'm just waiting for you, homie. What do you want me to say? What What do you want to say? That's the question. Welcome back to Amen. Abide Convos. We're in week two. Mm-hmm. We're in week two. You say I'm your host, Tyler. Oh, I'm your host, Tyler. They know who I am. And I'm the guest today. I <laughs> know. Uh, you're, you're the You're the real host. Oh, okay. I'm the host, Reagan. Uh huh. Yeah, this is, uh, what they don't know is this is our second shot of this. Yeah. There's a whole other one that they missed. Yeah, I, I don't think either of us are really good at the hype, so. <laughs> no. We I'm filmed just like, some dry, anticlimactic opening. But they love it. Yeah. It's, it's real. It's so, not fake. This is what we have to give you today. Yeah. That's what, that's what people love. That's why they love Donald Trump, is because he's real. We're going to have to cut this. <laughs> Keep it in. Keep it in. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you watch the uh, debate? I didn't even know there was one. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So, yeah, you didn't miss much. Thank you. Trump was in jail, I think, around that time. Oh. Poor guy. So he wasn't able to be there. Yeah, I guess he was watching it from his cell or something. Wow. I don't know. Good for So, him. I don't know. We'll see. Crazy. Well, we did not come here to talk about politics today. No, we did not. Or Trump. <laughs> I will leave. Are you pro-Trump? No, I'm just playing. Wow. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, we're not going to open crazy. that can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so I think what we wanted to talk about today, um, and we can get into it just naturally or whatever, was the subject of how to get free, how to deal with sin. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had some people ask about that, um, kind of, I think, in light of the message on Sunday. Um, we were talking, you know, I was talking about um, that you are dead to sin, you're a new creature in Christ. I was like, well, I still struggle with it, so how do I, how do I get free from it? So, mm-hmm. yeah, we, let's just um, kind of dive into, you, you know, your history with, uh, with sin. Yeah. All the sins you ever committed. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, mm-hmm. and this will be live streaming. And, okay, uh, praise God, forever. my history of sin. Yeah, yeah. So how I, won't, do you... I won't share mine. Okay, great. Yeah, so we're not going to do, like, mutual vulnerability. No, 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 no. Yeah, this yeah. is just, just you today. Yeah, I'm on the spotlight. Just your sin. Okay, great. <laughs> so we're talking about how we get free from sin. Is that really the thing? That's the conversation? Yeah, it's just, yeah. like, I, I would love to just uh, have it loose in, like, the, t- the realm of just, like, sin in the life of a, of a born-again believer. Yeah. And, like, what do you do with it? What does it mean? How, mm-hmm. do, you, how do you overcome it? Yeah. Whatever, just like kind of yeah. anything, any anywhere we want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe starting with like where, why we sin, what is sin, oh, why yeah. we yeah, sin, yeah, yeah. and kind of like the root of sin is, I think, a great place okay. to start. Okay. Um, so Tyler, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know where I think sin starts. A lot of time, it's, I think it's different for every person. Yeah. But I know for me, a lot time, a lot of times, sin starts in insecurity or mm. like a lack of like a, a need for validation it can start in just unmet desires or contentment with the lord yeah and so i mean i think a lot of times sin starts with a, a, like a lack of intimacy with the lord um a lack of security in who you are in the lord mm. like identity all those kind of things and those those issues are what causes sin i yeah. don't think i think sin is a side effect more mm. than it's even like the root issue you're dealing with a lot. Yeah, time. yeah. Sin's the fruit on the tree, mm-hmm. not the root. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like once you get to the to the sin portion, to the actual act of doing the sin, there's a whole host of like things before it mm-hmm. that took place to get you there. Right. Yeah. yeah. And oftentimes we're just trying to like, we keep chopping that fruit off. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to ch- attack the fruit, but there's a root 
Yeah. 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 I was also thinking about this the other day, too. There's, like, two types of sin, and you were kind of hitting on one of them. It is, like, the... Well, kind of, it could fall into both camps, but, like, there's, like, a premeditated, just, like, sin, like, that, so, for instance, that maybe a good one is lying. Mm-hmm. Like, you just lie, and you know it's wrong, but you do it because whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, like, um, kind of like the example I shared on, on Sunday, you come home, and you're, you know, you're just kind of in a rough mood and you're just had a long day and you just snap. Mm-hmm. And it was like so quick, you didn't even have a chance to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like those impulse, like those knee-jerk reaction sins, but you're like, whoa, I wouldn't have done that if I could have just main- controlled myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also a fruit of a root. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also kind of the, almost like the premeditated ones um, and I, I, they're the same, but I do hold them in different categories. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, the reactionary ones, I was thinking about this, those are like the fruit of the fruit of the spirit mm-hmm. because it is, it is just purely what is the overflow of your heart. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, um, and then the other ones, it's the fruit of not knowing who you are in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, like for instance, somebody does something and it makes you feel insecure. And then so you start gossiping about that person mm-hmm. and it's premeditated, mm-hmm. but you're just, you're not evil. You're just broken. Yeah. And it's like, that's just because you don't know who you are in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of times we stay, so those are the two, yeah. yeah, we stay in sin like I think, even, like you think of the hyper grace movement, mm, right? Yeah. We stay in sin because we're not willing to say that it's sin. Yeah. Like there's a there's a measure in which we're not willing. Like give an example. Like um, let's see, maybe it's like just like an area of compromise. You need or, to fix your microphone too. It's like under that ruffle of. Oh clothes. my my good guys. Actually, you may need to flip it around. Okay. I don't know. Bring like, it around town. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry guys, this is gonna be so annoying for you. Last time they were like, uh, Gio's microphone was terrible. So is this good? That's probably fine. Probably better. Sorry, go for it. What was I saying? The hyper grace, the example oh, of yeah, the yeah, sin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I need to give an example of sin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And how we kind of like gossip is a great one. Oh yeah. Like yeah, y'all yeah. talked about it last week, the venting yeah, 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 versus yeah. Uh, like um, whatever. Another one I think where, um, like I've seen a lot, kind of just from my own past and like friendships and just <clears throat> the world I was in was that I thought you were going to say you've seen a lot of it here no, no, <laughs> no. Guys, I've only been here four months it's enough uh, it's, it's enough I've seen what I need to see oh god I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know who you are and you're getting reviewed no uh, like with drinking like I think that's one of those uh, few things where it's like there is this moment where um like you know you've crossed the line into yeah. like drunkenness yeah. but you're saying I'm not that drunk or I'm not mm. that whatever like I didn't compromise or like it was just because I didn't eat that day, and it's like, okay, but you're so responsible. Like you. It's just because I didn't eat that day. <laughs> like, like, that crap, you're still responsible. Dude, for that, that's you know? ridiculous. You know what I'm talking about? I, I feel, I feel you. I feel yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. So I think like there, I don't really know where we were going with that, but I do think there's like moments where we um, sloppy grace. Yeah, yeah. We just like we throw grace on things, which there's there's 
boundless grace. But if we aren't willing to call something sin, we're not willing to look at the fact that like once, okay, let's say this. I believe sin separates us from intimacy with God. Mm -hmm. It's something that like the Lord is always near. He's always present. He desires to be with you at all times. But when you're sinning, it's like, just like, you know, the whole Adam and Eve story. Like you're behind the bush, you're realizing you're naked, you're uncomfortable. You know, it's like, it's, it's makes you not want to come to him. It's not that he won't come to you. Yeah. And so when you won't like recognize something is sin, that means you're not willing to be naked before the Lord. Wow. And we have to acknowledge like that things are sin to even like kind of receive his embrace again. Right. If that makes sense. Mm. I'm just trying to think, but you wouldn't say that sin completely separates you from God no. in, in Christ. Okay, okay. No, no, no. I think it creates, I think you create distance when you're it's, sinning it's, shame. It's, it's you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, you create distance. He's still close. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah, he's right. ever present, right. desiring, pursuing. Okay. Right. I wanted to clarify because yeah, I know yeah, there's yeah. somebody going to be watching that's like, oh, oh no. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no yeah, I, that, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think too, we need to like, Define terms. We were talking yesterday about like a person we both listened to who's had a really impactful message on your life and, and, mm-hmm. and over the years I haven't listened to him as much, but it's it's really profound. Something called um, beloved identity. Mm-hmm. And I think um, there are so many Christians um, who are asking the question. That's why I had to cl- clarify of yeah. just like they are unsure of where they sit in Christ because they still sin. Right. And like I even had a person message me, um, and I had the most just the utmost compassion after I preached, and was like, "Hey, do you think I'm saved?" And like, cause mm. like I still struggle with, and I'm like, and so um, I think we have a very unfortunate. I think it's the church's fault. We have a very shallow view of what it means to be saved. Yeah. And saved. I grew up thinking saved was my ability to make a decision and my ability to remain in that decision. Yeah. Now, my view of what salvation looks like, I don't even know if saved is the right, is a good helpful term, mm-hmm. um, but my view of what the new birth looks like is his ability to regenerate me and his ability to keep me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so in that sense, it's going back to what I talked about on Sunday of like everything, even in the sin conversation is purely him. Right. It is his ability to purify. It's to take away my sin. It's mm-hmm. to help me overcome the gossip, the insecurity. Mm-hmm. And the more I like just try to fight and do it myself apart from him, mm-hmm it's like I begin to feel worn out. And I think that's where most people are like, maybe I'm just not saved because I'm not mm-hmm. doing this. But we're actually just not living in the reality of like that abiding lifestyle. Yeah. And the truth is, like if you're watching this, like if you have accepted Jesus as your personal savior and you and you know that he's living in, in your a new birth, whatever, like, you are grafted into him. Yeah. And there is nothing that can take you out. The only person who can take you out of that is you. 
not by you sinning, mm. but by you saying, I don't want this anymore. And I'm going to willingly walk, walk away. And that's a, I think that's a very minute amount of the, the population. Mm -hmm. But, um, and it's very rare, way more rare than we realize. Um, and then, like I said on Sunday, the people who we look at in our life and they were in church for a while and it seemed to be good, but then they got out, not even just out of church, because church is not the, the litmus test for you being saved. Mm -hmm. But they just aren't walking with the Lord. They're completely in the world now. They have nothing to do with Christ. Um, I would say the vast majority of that is people just never were actually saved. Mm -hmm. It's like the parable of the sower. It, on the, I think it's the rocky ground. It springs up quickly and shows life, but then the cares of life come and, and steal it away. Um, so... I think we have to look at how to deal with sin in the light of who we really are. Yeah. Because Paul's going to, I think we're about to go to Romans. Paul is in Romans constantly in the first couple of chapters is dealing with this issue of the carnal flesh, mm -hmm. which is like your body and your mind, will, and your emotions versus the spirit, mm -hmm. which is, you know, we're, we're three beings, body, soul, and spirit. Spirit is seated with Christ in heavenly places. And so, so in one reality, like... This is crazy. Damon Thompson said this. Mm. I am as holy now as I will ever be. Yeah. Yeah. And people are like, how dare you say that? No, you're not. Mm. And it's like, I am as holy now. Because we have to think about this. Who are you really? Right. Who really are you? Because one yeah. day, your body, my body is going to go away. Yeah. Even my mind, will, and emotions will go away. Mm. That's why Jesus says there's no marriage or, or giving in a marriage in heaven. Um, you become like the angels. And so... Um, <clears throat> It'll all go away, and then what will remain is that eternal spirit mm -hmm. with Christ. Who you, that's who you really are. And we have been strapped, like Paul says, how long will I endure this body of flesh? We've been mm -hmm. strapped with this body of flesh now to cause us to, I think it's the divine providence of the Lord, that he gives us this body of flesh so that we have to endure hard things and endure um, pressings and crushings so that we lean into Christ to depend mm -hmm. on him. Yeah. Um, and also that the Bible says that he would store up treasures for ourselves in heaven. Mm -hmm. And so it's like almost like God gives us this body of flesh so that we depend on him so that one day we will have even more abundance in heaven. Yeah. And it's like amazing. He, he gives us hard things so that we have amazing things in the future. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but we have to understand this. So when we, even when we deal with sin, we're dealing with it from up here down to here. And right. like, just know, Paul says, so then if I sin, it is not I who sin, mm. but the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And so like that right there, I do believe will free a ton of people. Mm. Mm. Not to say, like I said on Sunday, like, oh, well now you can just sin anytime you want. Right. But like, oh my God, like I am free from sin. Yeah. Now Christ has to work out yeah. my salvation. Yeah, and grace is like this, it's this beautiful thing where we have the opportunity every day to, like the world's telling us who we are, maybe the flesh is making us think of something we are, but we get the opportunity every day to realign into the Lord's Yes, yes. And I think really, like if we, we could define sin even as that, it is a step out of the alignment of who you true, your true identity. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great way to define it because we just, we just don't, see ourselves correctly and so when we don't see ourselves correctly we act in a way that doesn't properly represent who we are as god's child as co-heir right. in christ too yeah so yeah so good
Did you have something in Romans you wanted to go to? Well, I was looking at it, you know, there's a translation, a paraphrase, a commentary, some we'll might call allow it. it. We'll allow we'll, it. We'll permit it in. That, um, honestly, the, that passage in Romans uh-huh. 8, in that translation, changed my life. And I, I'm not even going to pull it up. But there's a part that says, um, you are no, like, you no longer have... The spirit of never being good enough, wow. but you have received the spirit of full adoption. Wow. And I think that's the difference. Like, there's two camps where you can view yourself. Mm-hmm. You either view yourself as, I'm never going to be good enough. Wow. And if that's the way you view yourself, I don't know how you're going to overcome anything. Yeah. Because you're already looking at yourself like defeated, in a deficit. victimized, like just not go- not an overcomer. And then if you look at yourself as like spirit of full mm-hmm. adoption, it's like, if I really believe I am truly. God's child. I don't believe that anything I do can separate me. And I also believe I have the full strength of Jesus who never sinned to deny sin and to um, choose self-control and the fruits of the Spirit and all that kind of stuff too. And then there's also like in Romans 8, like um, the famous passage of can anything ever, uh, verse 35, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the mm. scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And it goes into like the famous John Thurlow song. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm. Wow. Yeah, so that's where you sit. Mm -hmm. That's where truly you sit right now. Mm And I think so many Christians are going through this life and they are, they are living like they're still trying to get saved. Mm-hmm. They're trying to be good enough to make it into heaven. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I would submit you're already in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're already there. Mm-hmm. Um, Hebrews 12 says that when you gather together, you don't come to this mountain that you can touch, but you're taken up into the new Jerusalem mm-hmm. and you're seated with Christ and with the numeral kind of angels when the saints that have gone before and the sprinkling of the blood on the mercy seat. Mm-hmm. There's this image of like after, new, after the new birth that you are seated with Christ mm-hmm. and you are there with him. And, and even when you come together, like Hebrews 12 is saying, like in a worship environment, a corporate worship environment, because you're already there heaven opens and you are like intermingling and communicating with Christ. Like you are there and, and participating with him, mm-hmm. koinonia with him. Mm-hmm. And so like that statement that you are as holy now as you will ever be. Mm-hmm. Somebody's like, how dare you? No way. Well, I have to ask you, like you, you said at the, t- at the top of the show that sin separates us from God, right? Yeah. And I'm trying to try to use the word distant. But I, I, yeah. I, I feel you. Yeah. But if I would ask a person, like, do you sin? Are you, or do you need, are you not holy as God is holy? They would say, no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I say, okay, but if you die right now, would you go to heaven? They'd say, yes. Mm-hmm. I say, so I think you are actually holy as God is holy. Yeah. You just have a wrong perception of what you are. Mm-hmm. You are thinking this, mm-hmm. and God is thinking that. Yeah. And God is not so worried about this because He knows that 
is going to influence this. The problem is church and religion really has sold an orphan gospel yeah, yeah. to where we live from here trying to make it into the master's chamber and mm -hmm. we're just begging, begging, begging and the whole time we're seated there. Right. And and we're powerless here because orphans are powerless. Yeah. But sons are powerful. Right, right. And and I think even just that shift for me in the last like I would say two months, God's been like leading me through Romans, mm -hmm. leading me through this reality. And my personal life has changed. Yeah. Like my and it's not like I've I've conquered I've conquered. I, I, the Lord has helped me get over sins and addictions in the past. Mm -hmm. And, you know, by His grace, He allowed me to get through some of those things and, and get victory over those things. This has been different. This has been a, like Paul says, reason yourself dead to sin. Reckon mm -hmm. that you are dead to sin. So I've been like wow. conditioning my mind to yeah. say, this is who I am. This really is who I am. Yeah. And then in faith, I just pray, God, I just can you just purify me? Yeah. Can you purify this body of flesh? Mm -hmm. And then I don't know how to explain it other than like, like I, people make fun of me at the church because like, but the best way to describe it is like magic. Mm -hmm. It's just like one day some things just don't affect me the way they used to. Right. Right. And it's just like I have more grace than I used to. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. And it's literally like He's purifying me mm -hmm. by faith. Only thing I can ever bring to the equation is faith. I can't bring try hard. I can't bring whatever. Yeah. Even James that says, I will show you my faith by my works is the still the starting point is faith. And the works are just the byproduct of the faith and the grace that flows through your faith. And it's just like, it's still only the only thing you can really bring to the equation is just like, Lord, I'm just going to trust you. Yeah. And I think so practically too, I think I saw a shift without even having this language in myself mm. like a year ago where I stopped asking the Lord to help me stop sinning. And I started asking the Lord to help me believe I was loved. Oh my gosh. And I think that <clears throat> shift, like that is warfare in our prayer life. Yes. Like we always think warfare is like, Let's bind every spirit of every friend that tempts us. And, you know, like, let's bind every other, like, every person in your, the church is not the enemy. Yeah. You know, sometimes the entity, the enemy is the way you view yourself. Wow. And I think, for me, the biggest shift I've had in, like, my own revelation of beloved identity was just in moments where I missed it, wow. where I felt like I could have been better, I could have loved more, I just asked the Lord to show me that I am loved and show me how to love others more. And I think that's just such a more like powerful spiritual warfare than always trying to will ourselves up to resist temptation, if that makes sense. Yeah. The the power of yes over your life versus the power of no is always going to be way more effective. Yeah. And the power of God saying, yes, mm -hmm. I approve you, I accept you versus no, 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 no to sin. Mm -hmm. It's 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 such a contrast, and like, and I just think there is an epidemic of orphanhood in what you were saying in the church, in yeah. the sense of people don't really know how much they are unconditionally loved yeah. by the Father. Yeah. They really don't know. Maybe they they can quote a scripture, but I'm talking about like abiding knowledge. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, like. 
especially in the charismatic sphere, there's this, and it bugs me. And not because it makes me frustrated, but because, like, it's like, bro, you don't know who you are. Yeah. There's this ideology, this thought process that, like, um, that the, the enemy has more power than he who is within me. Yeah. And, like, for instance, if you go to some sort of, like, crystal shop, mm -hmm. new age crystal shop on accident because you saw a handbag in there you liked. You walk in there and you're looking you're like, oh crap, this is a crystal. I'm, not, I'm getting out of here. And you walk out. There is there is a realm of Christianity that yeah. says, oh God, you probably have a demon. You could have, yeah. it could jump I on you. I have to you. go home. I have to take communion. I have to do all the little Yeah, blah. I got all the stuff. And <laughs> meanwhile, the verse that just keeps playing in my mind is, I have given you authority yeah. over snakes and scorpions. Yeah. And to trample, and the disciples coming back, even the demons. Yeah. And it's like, what a very, I don't want to be condemning, like, mm -hmm. to that person who believes that way. First of all, you need to be delivered from that, because you are greater. The, the Spirit of God within you is so much greater than that. Right. And not only, it's not just a power thing. I really believe, when you said this, it, like, it tuned my mind into this, that it's not a power differential in their mm -hmm. mind, because they believe God is greater. Yeah. It's a love differential. Right. They actually don't believe the love of God would cover them in any situation. And maybe it's even an awareness of his proximity. Because it's yes. greater who is in me yes. than he is who in the world. Yeah. And so if you don't believe he's in you, he's with you, yeah. he's ever present with you, why would you think you have a power over anything? Yeah. So there's even that revelation of his proximity that kind of leads us into more strength to resist yeah. those types of things too. Yeah, it's just like, bro... He, he literally lives in you. Like yeah. he, he has bound himself in you. The language of intimacy of a husband and wife and the two shall become one mm. is foreshadowing of Christ in the church. Yeah. That the bride and the bridegroom would come together in the new birth and that you would literally be made one with Christ. Mm -hmm. That that there's two separate, but in the spirit, there's one. And we have a healthy soul tie. Yeah. Our souls have been knit. That's why he says, you have been baptized. There's so much. This this phrase is all throughout the New Testament. Into Christ. Yeah. Into him, into him, into him. It is because it's, it's, it's a hard, like, concept to, like, communicate. But you are intimately tied to him. Yeah. It's not just that he lives in a little... Like when I was in middle school, I thought he lived like a little house in my mm -hmm, chest. Mm -hmm. And then if I upset him too much, he would leave the house. Mm -hmm. That's not how it is. Right. It's like I'm a branch. He's a vine. Yeah. And I'm connected to it. Yeah. And nothing can separate me from that. Yeah. And I just want to speak to the person like listening where maybe and like I know this is like a whole nother maybe like podcast, but it's if you didn't have like a good father figure, yep. if you've had maybe hurtful spiritual leadership in your life or just parenting that wounded you like there's so much grace and time um for you to just journey with the lord to see him rightly and yeah. i would say like that is the prayer for you if like you feel like how could i ever receive him as father and how could i ever like resist t sin like no one's ever led me no one's ever loved me like i should have then i would say like let's just start with the prayers of lord show me you love me and that i am yours yeah. and begin to release those kind of judgments you might have on leadership and like your father figures um, 
just release them and try as much as you can to allow the Holy Spirit to mm-hmm. minister through you to see him not like those yeah. people, you know? And I know that we can get into a whole thing about no, like so inner healing and all that kind of stuff. But so good. my story really was that. I mean, I did not have the father figure that you dream of that helps you see God rightly. Right. So it was a journey for me. And I can tell you that it just took every day. And you can't pray enough. The Lord is never going to get tired of you asking him to show you that he loves you. Oh, that's so good. He's never, there's never going to be a day where he's like, you know what, Reagan, you're too needy. You've asked too much. Mm. And I don't want to love on you today. Like he wants to always do that. And we can go all day on that kind of thing. But I just want to speak to you. Like if you feel like there's no way this could ever happen because of the father figure I had or the leadership I've had in my life or even just parents in general, like you just feel like, how can I ever view myself spiritually not as an orphan when Mm. physically I've felt orphaned? Then I would say to you, you can, it's possible. If we need to talk offline, reach out to me. It Mm. was my story. And there's a passage, like it's so practical, it's so simple. And it's just been something that carried me because I lost my dad when I was 13. Mm. Um, I moved out when I was 16. I have done the not parented thing. Mm. I have felt physical and spiritual orphanhood. And I just, I empathize with anyone who's in that place. But there is a uh, scripture in Psalms 27. It says, let me find it. It's so simple. It says, even if my father and mother abandon Mm -hmm. me, the Lord will hold me close. So today for you, I would say like practically, um, if you would just stop focusing on the sin and just start focusing on the Lord holding you close and asking him to hold you, I really do think that those sin things will just begin to fall yeah. off your life when you truly see yourself like he sees you. That's so good. That's, that's exactly where I was wanting to go is like the question even, how do I overcome sin? It's kind of like a false narrative. It's like mm-hmm. it's, it's not the right question. The, to, for the goal of how, you know, sin getting out of your life, the question is not how do I <clears throat> overcome that sin. The question is how do I draw closer to the Lord? Mm-hmm. And I know for many of you watching, you're probably like, that's just like the cliche spiritual answer. Scripturally, it's the truth. Mm-hmm. And when you, isn't that the whole thing of what Paul's talking about in the scripture when it's like the law, the law, the law, the law is pointed at sin. Mm-hmm. It's how do we overcome this? And now in the new birth, under the new covenant, we are free from the law. Yeah. And we get to, because we are now under the law of love. Mm-hmm. And we have the law of love. And so for you today, like Reagan said, like I would just, if you're asking how you have a specific sin in your life or whatever, it's, you know, obviously pray and ask the Lord to, you know, free me from that or just help me. But I would say, instead of trying to run away from sin, run towards the Father. Yeah. Because those are two different things. Mm -hmm. Running away from sin and running towards God are two different things. Mm -hmm. And running towards the Father accomplishes both. Mm -hmm. But running away from sin doesn't. Mm -hmm. And so, I would just say today, ask God, like, help me fall more in love with you. Help me just... I want to go closer to you. I want I want any imaginations of who I think you are that are false. Mm-hmm. Because this is the thing. You need to understand this. Like what Reagan said. You can think something 
even not even act, you can subconsciously think something about God that is not true. Mm -hmm. And so, you, the God that you are participating in and you are you are approaching is not even the true God. I, I think there's grace. I'm not saying you're approaching a false God. Mm -hmm. I'm saying you're approaching him wrongly. Yeah. Um, not the full picture. Yeah. 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 God is a person. Mm -hmm. Christ is a person. He's their spirits, but they, they have personalities. They have characteristics and they, and some characteristics they don't have. Mm -hmm. And so you need to know which one is right. And if you're constantly thinking God is just angry and judge and like, I used to have this thing as a kid. If I sinned, I felt like I had to give God, and this is, I actually did actively think this, I thought I had to give God one or two business days mm -hmm. to, to, to calm down. Yeah. And to get like, that is just so mm -hmm. anti-biblical. Yeah. But I just believed it. Mm -hmm. And once I shifted that perspective of like, as soon as I sin and shame comes on me and all this sort of stuff and I feel terrible, Right then, can I approach his his throne with boldness yeah. and grace? Mm -hmm. And that's where he wants me to be. Mm -hmm. But if I believe the other one, it's a scheme of the enemy and our flesh to keep us distant from him. Yeah. And so asking God, like, are there any beliefs I have about you that are just not your nature mm -hmm. and that you need to help purify? Because it's going to be hard to grow closer to God when you have false narratives about him in your life. One being, if I go to this shop or if I do this, all of a sudden a demon is just going to jump on me. Like that's just not, that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. That's not how it works. And yeah. God won't allow it to work that way. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you guys so much. We're right about the 30 minute mark and uh, we'll see you next week. If you have any suggestions, oh, praise God. Geo's Bible. Um, he doesn't like this one anyways. Yeah, send if, all complaints to Tyler. Send all complaints me. to me uh, about, yeah, about. I don't want to hear them. No complaints about you. Uh, if we want to hear suggestions, if you have questions, you can message the Abide Facebook, Abide Instagram. Um, hopefully we'll maybe put out a little like poll thing where you, they can ask questions. Yeah, and get yeah, Geo's yeah. So, all right. Peace, guys.